Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Time for a very special treat here on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. It's our pleasure to welcome in Doris Burke, who does outstanding work for ESPN and ABC, analyzing the NBA. She's done work on college basketball, done play-by-play in her past. Doris, thank you so much for joining us. We understand you're getting a little bit of a break for the holidays. I imagine during the middle of an NBA season, you must treasure this time. Yeah, it's uh, it's unique to go almost two weeks between games. But uh, next up, we just switched out on my next telecast, which was supposed to be Chicago at Philly on Friday, mm-hmm. guys. And because Brooklyn is rolling right now and Zion is so telegenic, uh, I'm now going to be at New Orleans uh, a week from Friday. So I'll miss you, Stacey. Oh, <laughs> man, that just stinks. <laughs> Come on, Doris. Talk to him. <laughs> tell, tell him you want to see that Philly Bulls game. <laughs> Bulls got to win some more games. Well, let me ask you a question because you, you, you've, you've done some Bulls games this year. You've seen the team from afar. Um, tell us your take on this team and, and what you think the problem is from the outside. I think even I was watching last night, Stacey, and I think the thing that strikes me the most is just the, the fluctuations you get with this team. You know, in the third quarter, I thought Giannis was running roughshod over you guys. It didn't appear that anybody – uh, had any interest, and I, I don't blame them from, uh, you know, a sanity <laughs> perspective. I'm not sure I'd want to step in front of Giannis when he's rolling either. 
Um, but there came a point where it just felt like the tide shifted a little bit defensively. Um, and then to see the run they made in the uh, in the fourth and down the stretch, that one play by DeMar at the end of that regulation was just ridiculous. I, I guess I'd ask you guys this question about the Bulls. You know, and I, I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest, right? Like, I don't, don't pull for teams. I grew up a Knicks fan because of where I, you know, was born and raised. Um, I'm I'm not as much a Knicks fan just because my job requires me to be so neutral. But I I because of Billy Donovan, I pull for the Bulls, right? Like I I want to see them do well because my classmate is is coaching them. The one thing, like, what do you think their ceiling is? If Lonzo Ball is is healthy, right? Is it the ceiling we saw at the end of last season after the great start? You know, what's, I don't know what the over-under on games one was supposed to be this year. I don't know whether there's 45 games. Like, I'd ask you the ceiling of this team, what you believe it is. Because you're immersed in it every single day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I will say this. If Lonzo Ball is healthy, he adds a totally different dimension to this team. I mean, it's like having three players on your team from the point guard position, six foot six. He can defend anybody in the pick and roll. I mean, he's been able to guard guys like Giannis in the post without a double team. Uh, he rebounds from the point guard position, which we struggle at on the defensive boards at times. Uh, he blocks shots. He comes down and blocks shots. He was the second in block shots last year. And where he's really missed this year, Doris, is the fact that he is the facilitator. He makes Zach's game more efficient. He makes DeMar's game more efficient. It takes the ball out of DeMar's hands, having to bring the ball up the floor every single time down the floor. Because if you notice, we don't do a lot of fast breaking. I mean, there's occasionally right. a, every blue moon will have one game. Where we have like 25 fast break points, but that's few and far between. But with Zoe, Zoe is a guy that really pushes the tempo and it's not even off the bounce. It's like get a rebound, turn and pitch the ball up the floor with guys running. And the guys respect him enough to get out on the wings and take off and fill lanes because they know they're going to get the ball. They know Zach knows he's going to get a lob pass from anywhere past half court if he runs hard. Uh, right now, I just think that we in the second half last year, go back to that second half when he went out, we lost that leadership at that point guard position. And then we started playing more ISO ball. And it's kind of carried over yeah. to this year where we're, we're really strictly an ISO ball type of team. And as good as DeMar has played, it's still yeah. ISO ball. You know, it's it's funny. I would say two things about Lonzo. And, you know, obviously you look at, at up front, what you have up front. But when you pressure the ball with 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 Lonzo, when you can pressure the ball at the point of attack with Caruso, it, it gives you a little bit more time for that post player to maybe get to top side or to find position or to maybe meet that post early. Uh, people can forget how disruptive Lonzo was at the point of attack. And yep. To me, that's that's the area where defensively I feel like you're not the same. And then to your point about like one thing Lonzo does exceptionally well in my mind and Doc Rivers, because I, you know, I live in Philly in the winter. Doc is preaching this constantly, uh, you know, that push ahead pass, that catch at the free throw line in the backcourt, that 35 foot pass that automatically puts pressure on a team if somebody's sprinting the floor, in, in particular if there's a big running rim to rim. And uh, listen, you can look across the East to me, Stacey, and, and see teams who've got to find more diversity offensively. Doc's preaching that because he knows, yes, the pick and roll with Harden and, and uh, Embiid is elite. But the more diverse you are offensively, the more dangerous. And you can't be grinding every possession. Yes. Like, 
in the playoffs, somebody you got to get some easy buckets for those those opportunities in transition. Look no further than the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like they're 18th in offense. Think about how you know stayed they got down the stretch. That jumper by Giannis late, like they got to get better offensively. And all those easy ones you get, they matter. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because uh, in, in this game, you know, 82 games, you know, teams don't have time to lock in on you completely. Uh, you just kind of go about, okay, we know what this guy likes to do and try to take it away. But when you go to a playoff game, it goes into a half-court game. Now, because teams have time to prepare, they have time to take away everything that you're trying to do. And that's what we ran into last year against Milwaukee in that first round. Like We could, we should have probably won the first game, and then the second yeah. game we end up winning. But they figured out what DeMar was doing. And they said, hey, you know what? The Bulls don't shoot the three ball very well, so let's, we don't close out to their non-shooters, and let's just you know zone it up in the middle and force DeMar to have to make decisions with the ball or take difficult shots. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. I'm like, that's like, that's elite. This is what, this is what Milwaukee does um, defensively. Sometimes I look at the length that they have and they have done a better job. There's been moments Boston on Christmas day lit them up from three, but one thing that's making them better defensively is their willingness to change. Right. Bud gave up, I think 53 more threes to Boston in the conference semifinals than they made so now the beauty of staying attached to those shooters is there's length in other positions, there's size. And oh, by the way, Brooke Lopez, pretty damn good there, man yes. in the center. As a communicator, as a guy who can protect the rim, you know, sort of navigate his way around and make sure everybody's handling pick and roll. Like, I don't worry about Milwaukee defensively. Um, I'm, I'm curious how many of their offensive struggles are based on uh, the absence of Chris Middleton. But so, so, so if you're going to, if you want, and you're moving forward. You're the Chicago Bulls, Stacey. What what do they need? Ooh, wow, that's a good question. What's your GM hat on? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put my GM hat on right now. Um, I tell you what, um, it, it's tough because, like, at first, it, I think a lot of people don't think Zach and and Demar can play together right now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I disagree with that. I, I think if you had Lonzo Ball there, because uh, they, they worked out really well last year, and that's definitely what mm -hmm. we need, a point guard. I've even said I feel like they should start Dragic because Dragic gives you the best chance because mm -hmm. he's a true point guard. He knows how to get everybody involved and get easier shots. He also can stretch the defense because he shoots you know close to 38% from the three-point line, which you have to honor that. Whereas yeah. Caruso... And Io don't shoot the three ball very well. And their teams are just leaving them to clog the middle to to add more help to Zach or DeMar. So um, that's something I, I, I hope that they, they look into right now until because they're trying to limit his minutes. They don't want him to play a lot of minutes, but he's playing 25 to 28 minutes anyway. So let him get those at the right. starting because we we've been struggling getting off to good starts like that's been yeah. our Achilles heel all season long. We find ourselves down 15 points, 16 points in the first quarter, and we have to fight our way all the way back. And uh, I think that's one of the big reasons. I would caution your fans about uh, calling for the breakup of Levine um, and DeMar, because I think you saw this at the start of last year with the Celtics tandem. There are, you know, conversations about, well, they don't pass to one another. Their skill sets are too similar. Can't please them both. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Those two guys are the last of the Celtics problems. They're they're long, they're athletic, they can post a mismatch, they can both break you down off the dribble. Like you're out of your minds if you trade either one of them. Same to me with DeMar and Zach. Like I agree, Stace, they can play together. Um, and what I the idea of starting Dragic, you know what the other element? There's a competitive toughness and a big game experience to that guy. Yes that I like. And I sort of like starting that game with him with those other two, because I don't know, there's just this competitive toughness that I, I like about him. Um, in addition to his experience and the other skills you, you talked about. Doris, I know a lot of our viewers and listeners would like to know more about you personally. You were an outstanding player at Providence, set a whole bunch of records, and and then you got into broadcasting. How did that transition from player to broadcaster happen, and and who was most influential in in getting you on the fast track to the success you're enjoying now? I'm going to be honest with you. If you guys could have seen me in college, like I had it all going on. Bad hair, bad skin, bad teeth, bad clothes, you name it. And, and terribly shy, like painfully shy. You could ask Billy this. I was an absolute freaking disaster. Um, but, you know, I love the game and um, I've cared deeply about it. It's probably shaped who I am for far too long. I picked it up when I was seven. You know, I'm the last of eight kids, very working class family. I have no shot of going to college. My parents were about paying bills and trying to make sure the lights are staying on. So so the fact that I got that ba- basketball scholarship, I say I'd be a waitress on the Jersey Shore if I don't get educated because of my, the game of basketball. And I fell into it, Mark, to be honest with you. I left coaching. Uh, I was an assistant at my alma mater, Providence College, for two years but I wanted to get married and start my family. And I did not think I could be a great coach and be a great mom and wife and all the things I had hoped to be um, back then. There were some women who were pulling it off at the time. Pat Summit would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll never forget this. I knew I made the right choice. I was uh, covering Penn State at the time. Head coach was highly successful. She goes to her first Final Four, and in the postgame presser, she said, I'd like to thank my husband, John, for raising my children. Now, I'm an announcer at that point, and I'm probably eight to ten years deep in my career, and I thought, okay, you made the right choice. Like, yeah. I've been really lucky. And I, I entered the business, to be honest with you guys, at the perfect time. Coverage of women's basketball was starting to explode. Um, you know, then the deeper I got into my career, the 1997, the WNBA formed, I happened to land the job in New York, like media, major media market. I, I say my, my career is a happy accident. I am the luckiest person on earth. I kid you not. Wow. I, t- I tell you what, I mean, I, I, I look at you as one of the best in the business and, you know, I'm not just saying that cause you're here. I, I definitely, definitely really mean that. Um, talk a little bit about who, when you were coming up in the business that you, you idolized and you said, Hey, you know what? Um, I can learn a lot from this person. I'm taking a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Cause I think we all do. We all do. Cause Dick Vitale, oh, yeah. Dick Vitale was my guy. Like that's how my energy yeah. level comes off is I always yeah. loved the way he would come to Oklahoma and be like, where's my man Scott King? You know, and he was just, <laughs> I, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. And I said, I want to oh. be like him and Kevin yeah. Harlan, Kevin Harlan used to do Minnesota <laughs> games when I was in Minnesota and I always, I loved his energy. So I'm like, man, if I ever do any kind of broadcast, I want to be like those guys. So who is it for you? 
So funny you say Dick Vitale, my closest friend from high school. Um, I remain very good friends with her. She told me years ago when we were kids, I swore one day I would work with Dick Vitale. I don't remember saying it, but I happened to be on his team at one point as a sideline reporter. Um, I love, do you guys remember uh, uh, Billy Packer? Oh, sure. Dick, en Dick Enberg. Yep. And Al McGuire were a trio. Yep. And you used to have to watch college basketball Saturday or Sunday at like noon or three o'clock. And it was UCLA, it was Notre Dame. There were only certain teams on. And I was always like an Al McGuire fan. Like, I don't know, stylistically, Billy was straight and Al had more flavor and style and substance. And uh, so those that's the earliest memory I have, Stacey. And then, you know, I was really fortunate when I was early in my career. Robin Roberts was doing play-by-play -play yep. on women's basketball before she obviously, you know, became the, the monumental star she is. Um, but she was an incredible mentor to me. You know, the the work habits, the professionalism. I, I was sort of calling Big East Women's Basketball. UConn was becoming a powerhouse. Looking next to her, thinking, my God, I'm working with Robin Roberts. So <laughs> I've had a few. I'm going to be honest, and thank you for what you said earlier, because there are certain local broadcasts, now that I only cover the NBA, like certain times you're like tuning in and going, all right. You know, we got the Stacy broadcast. <laughs> Last night, uh, I had I had Steve and Lisa, and they are great. But as I texted Adam about the start of the second quarter, they are not sriracha. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. That's I was I was right next to when I got the text. So you show me. That, that, that's where the name of the of the podcast came from, Doris. Stacy's trademark call. Give me the hot sauce. Yeah, I did. It did. It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, Stacy, you can see, I don't know if you can see on our table. He's got his own line of hot sauce. That's how big I, this guy is now. I see it. Maybe I'm getting a gift pack. I told you. Yeah, I, 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 I told her. I said I was going to send her a gift pack. I told her I was going to send her a gift pack. We're going to get her a, get her a gift pack. Yeah. So we we were talking last night. You you saw the the play with Grayson Allen. Okay. And you yeah, you've. Yeah. I mean, give it. You're you're an analyst. I mean, give us your take on that. I mean, and 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 his and his. I want to say his history of being a guy that pushes it to the limit. You know what I'm saying? So what is your take yeah. on that? Did you think that was excessive last night? It, so, and listen, I did not hear what you said. I saw some of the action on Twitter. And to me, my eyes at first were like, okay, he got pushed into him. The problem for that young man is his history. And it happened so consistently, both at Duke and then in the early part, like, listen, if I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, I'm pulling my hair out last yeah. night. You lost Alex Caruso last, last year because you know, of, of what was considered a ridiculous, you know, open floor at the cup play. And, I, you know, I'm looking at him and seeing DeMar's reaction. I'm thinking, well, unfortunately for you, your history, as I, I had a coach one time tell me, your reputation is like a tail. You can look back and hope like hell it's gone. It ain't gone. And for Grayson Allen, for the rest of his career, this is going to haunt him. But visually, Stacy, I did not react to it the way you did. It looked like in the course of defending, to me, you know, he he punched into DeMar. So. Mm. 
It, you, we, you thought you thought it was bad. I, I know. You yeah. Yeah. We yeah. We you know, because we've seen it, you know, the play last year especially comes to mind. Um, you know, they were to yeah. play with Luca earlier. I think I think this year they played Dallas where he was going for a loose ball and he took Luca out there. Now, this is one of your star players in the league. You know, um, you know, in the 90s, those these kind of plays were every single time down the floor, you know, but in this day and age, these these plays are not, you know, you don't see those plays. You know, you don't see a guy who's going in for a layup defenseless and then you clothesline him basically and, and throw him on a, throw him on the ground. And he breaks his wrist and and Caruso missed like 30 games because of that. And he still okay. missed wrist is still giving him problems. So That's we're a little good. we're here in Chicago. We're a little on edge when he's involved in anything. I, I listen. It's why I preface my remarks by saying, if I'm a Chicago fan, I understand. And to your point, you know, Steve Kerr played back when you were talking about. It. Do you remember the play last year that had him incensed when Marcus Smart dives for a loose ball? I can't remember who he went into, but you know, the knee hit, and Marcus saying, "Hey, man, this is the way I play." Um, but Marcus obviously has a totally different reputation yeah. than than Grayson Allen, so. Hey, speaking of the Western Conference, it's really up for grabs right now. Golden State is at 500. I believe they're 10th in the West right now. The Lakers are wallowing in 13th. LeBron made those cryptic comments about he doesn't want to finish his career playing for losing teams. But I want to focus more on the top where you see New Orleans and Memphis and Denver. Uh, Zion Williamson had 43 points last night, and D'Angelo Russell had the great quote after the game where he said he's playing football while we're playing <laughs> basketball. Is 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 Zion, and while Ja too as well, is that the future of the league? And and, and what do you make of, of Zion if he can stay healthy? Can can he become one of the one of the real faces of the league? Oh, I think so. I think you know because of the the explosiveness of his game. I'm amazed, Stacy, that he gets left all the time, and you know cr- credit to their staff for getting them to that position. But that first step, that explosiveness, um, I, he reminds me a little bit of Giannis in the fact that he seems to be able to physically punish you. Right. But as a defender, when you're reacting to him, um, you know, it's there's not the level of physicality allowed. I think he, he, like Giannis, is very challenging for these officials to officiate because you know what's coming offensively. Um, and so that's, I think an, it's an interesting dance. Um, I love Jean Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I, do too. I was stunned <clears throat> by the comment he made to Malika Andrews about we're worried about Boston, nobody in the West. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He said, nobody in the West. And like, Stacy, um, how is that interpreted now? Like, you saw what Golden State did on their home floor without Steph Curry. Like, they had a message for those young boys. But, like, do you find that appealing, that level of confidence? Or to a player, is that more off-putting? Because at this point, they've not yet even won a Western Conference championship. Well, I, I think I think it's bulletin board material to the teams in the Western Conference, like Denver, who hadn't hit their stride yet. They're starting to play yeah. a little bit better. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think Golden State took it personally. Uh, they've been taking it personally since, you know, last year. So... Um, um, I think players. I think players look at it and it's like, you know, 
yeah, we can't wait to play you. We can't wait to to show you that you're not as good as you are. But I, I love their confidence. I love his confidence because, you know, that's what that's how the 90s were. And that's how the 90s the teams were. People, guys were just confident. Larry Bird would tell you what he's going to do to you before he even did it. You know, <laughs> that's right. Magic's going to come out there and tell you what he's going to do to you before he does it. MJ, you know, MJ wouldn't say anything to you. But if you, if you came up and said, hey, Michael, have a good game. He's like, I'm going to give you 40 for just talking to me. <laughs> so so this is how that's how it used to be. And, and I was just telling Mark earlier. There were so many rivalries back in the 90s that made basketball fun. And not only were the players, it was the team-team rivalry, the fans got into it. You know, New York and Chicago fans hated each other. Detroit Detroit and Chicago fans hate each other. So Boston, L.A. fans hate each other. Those rivalries are no more. So it's good to see a a guy like John Morant trying to stir up the pot a little bit Mm -hmm. to get the onus on some rivalries between him and Golden State or whoever else they want to play. Now, I agree. I, I think we need it. I think we need the juice. The parody is keeping the standings tight. So the more dislike that's out there is a good thing. The other team I really like is Denver. Um, you know, I don't think Jamal Murray is is back yet. He's, he's struggled down the stretch of some possession ball games. One would expect that that two-man dance he does with, with Jokic will be great by the end of the season. They're deep. Um, Aaron Gordon is, is really – they have – you know, he's staying, it feels like he's near the rim more. And with that body and that athleticism, um, that's where you want them. They've upgraded their defense. Like, I think they have a chance to be formidable by the end of the season, that's for sure. Hey, Doris, now's the point in the interview where we kind of ask you to buckle up because we let Tim ask a question Uh-oh. late in the interview. We do this strategically because if he really offends our guests and, and they turn off their computer, then then we're okay because we got most of the interview in the books. <laughs> so, so, Tim, I, I know you've done research on, on Doris. We, we can back. always cut it out as, as, as we've done in the past. Yeah, editing is a great tool, isn't it? But Doris am, I has- allowed, am I allowed to be profane? Because if you truly knew me, I am absolutely profane. Oh, we like it. Oh, here we go. We like it. This is our kind right, of show. Tim. You know what? Fuck it. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this, Doris. You've been, <laughs> you've been accused of a lot of things, which is great. Like from being a white woman, from being uh, 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 Kate Winslet. You've heard all these things, right? Uh, what is it? What no. I oh, wearing your high heels out. And then Devin Booker said, have you seen her hands? So what do you have to say about all these accusations out there? <laughs> I, all I know is my, I, I am, uh, I, I was married for 18 years and then divorced. And I remember my, I was married at the time and my husband said, you know, social media was starting to become a thing. And he started to read me things that the social media people were saying. And I just looked at him, I go, don't do that. I don't want to know what people are saying. He goes, you got to listen to this one. He said, somebody said you have your hair pulled back so tight you could bounce a quarter off your head. (laughs) Now, looking back, is it any wonder I divorced him? No. (laughs) That's funny. Tim, Tim, I don't don't want to know what's out there, my friend. You got anything anything else, Tim? So nothing about the high heels or the hands or Kate Winslet, nothing? Nothing? Not not a thing. It's all good. Actually, I thought they were all compliments at the end of the day. So uh, being Uh accused of good things was okay. Yeah, well, shoot. I'll I'll take it. I I mean, Stacey gets accused. 
Stacy gets accused of being the black Brad Pitt all the time, so we get it. Oh, man. Okay, see, see, this is what I have to deal with. You know, I was voted 10 most sexiest men in Montana by the Women's Rotary Club, and they've been hating ever since, Doris. They've been hating ever since because they weren't in the magazine. They would not allow me to bring them with me, and this is why Michael Jackson left the Jackson 5, okay, because he could only take the Jackson 5 so far, and he had to go solo. I'm sorry, Tito and Randy. It's not my fault, okay? And Devin Booker said, did you see his hands? Oh, hey. Doris is a hooper, though. Yeah. No, no, she's a I know, but Devin Booker actually said, did you see her hands? I Are, think he meant my handle. I'm thinking yeah, he handle. meant my handle. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not her hands. It's a woman, I, man. I, that was the test. She oh said she God. didn't know what I was talking you, you, about. You get a chance for one question and Doors. you bungle it. No, Doors, you know, no. This is why we have that him on a leash. That was the test. See how I do we, that? You know, we have him on a leash, you know, and so we have this little button here that we hit just in case of emergency when he says something stupid. We just hit it. <laughs> oh, See how man. I got her? I knew it was the handles but, the whole time. But you know what he does? He does a great Christopher Walken. Yeah, so do a Christopher, a Walken. Christopher Walken. Hi, Doris. It's great to meet you, and I appreciate your handles as well. <laughs> wow, that's not bad. Yes, this is why he's on the show. This is this is the only thing he brings yeah. to the show is this Christopher oh, Walken. Man. Once the Christopher Walken dies, he's off the show. <laughs> it's already dying. <laughs> <laughs> He does all our ad reads, so you know he does the Christopher Walken voice to sell the hot sauce. We had so Dan Patrick yeah. on last week, sure. and Dan Patrick thought he did a great Christopher Walken, you know? So he was talking yeah. about Christopher Walken. You saw him at a party. He brought some kittens, and he's like, you know, Dan, they said, hey, what are you doing with these, these, what are you doing with these, uh, these kids? He said, I brought two kittens. Still, I had to do it, do it. Who doesn't show up at a party with a couple of kittens? <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, Dan Patrick lost it because he's like, oh, my God, he does it better than me. Oh, that's great. Damn, Patrick, man, you got some guests on your pod. Listen, listen, you know what? Give me the hot sauce podcast. We only bring the best, okay? That's why I reached out to you, DB, because you're one of the best, and you just spice up my show. I told you, when you came on, David, before you came on, I said the room lightened up. It was like some, yeah. some angelic moving around. I'm like, look at this. It's like bright in here, lights. I could even see Mark early. The lights were off. Now I can see him. Oh, you're a sweetheart. You're a sweetheart. Well, next time next time you do a Bulls game, we do a simulcast, because we know sometimes we do the side-to-side -side thing. Right, you right. Know, they allow us to work with ESPN, you know, they allow us to be in the same oh, light, you know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, Doris, before I, we let you go. Don't, don't ship me that, don't ship me that sauce. We, we'll see one another at some yes, point. Yes, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to you. All right. Doris, okay. before we let you go, uh, I had a, the pleasure to work with uh, Cassidy Hubbard for a couple of years when she was first starting no, out in the business, and, and boy, her. her star has risen. Uh, I know that you've inspired a lot of young female broadcasters. It must be something you take a lot of pride in. I don't know about that. Like, I, I feel like I look at Cassidy Hubbard and Candace Parker and that next generation of women. You know what? They inspire me. Like, they know they belong. They are confident and comfortable. Their presence on camera. It just it gives me joy. And Cassidy Hubbard is one of the best people I know. So, uh, yes, she's awesome. She's great. She loves her bulls, boy. Yeah, she I does. know she does. Yeah. <laughs> she rides and dies with Chicago Bulls. She's a friend of the program. We've had That's her right. on here. Uh, you well, got to get her on, too. Yeah, she's been on. We got, she, she came on early. Yeah, she was on. Yeah, we've, we've Sarah had, uh, Kustak we as had well. Sarah Kustak on. Yeah, we, hey, listen. Great. Hey, women in the industry, man. Like, yeah. We're we bringing all, all the, the superstars up. <laughs> bringing all the superstars out. So, Lisa Byington. Lisa Byington, who's doing a great job in mm -hmm. Milwaukee. She worked with me she for a little is. bit. We had uh, we had her when Neil Funk was retiring. We brought her in. And, uh, you know, I told her, you know, whenever she's she number to, 14, by the way. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Five. Okay, see. That, that's an inside the beltway <laughs> you know, story. First, you know what? 
See, these guys have whispers. The year that Neil was going to retire, they brought in 17 play-by-play guys. I had to work with 17 different people. Are you kidding? They had to wear name tags, too, so Stacy wouldn't forget who he was working with. Doris, I swear to God, 17 different broadcasts I had to work with. Okay, Adam was one of those 17. So the first day, Adam was the first one I worked with. And after that, I said, this is the guy. This is a guy, because we had such a rapport with one another, and mm. I just knew, okay? So then I went ahead and did the other 16, okay? Mark was one of the 16. <laughs> yeah. Mark, but I got Mark on. Mark, 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 they didn't want to let Mark come on. So I got Mark in. I pulled some strings to get Mark in. Now, Mark is one of the replacements now. So when Adam is doing football or something and the other guys yeah. can't do it because they don't want to, they call Mark out the bullpen. <laughs> I said, hey, are yeah, you, when are nobody you else in the country are, are is you available. Busy? Yeah. You want to do the Bulls and the Rockets game tonight? No hey, to be there. Hey, I'm working New Year's <laughs> Eve because everybody else had plans. See, everybody else is partying, but he's going to be there. <laughs> but we had 17 different guys, and we had Lisa Byington was one of them. She was one of the, one of the people that I really love working with. And that would have been, that's the first time that I've worked with a female. And I was just, I was blown away with how she handled herself and, and her knowledge of the game. And I was just like, man, I can see myself working with her. Like, this is awesome. You know, so yeah. I, I work with some good people, man. I had an opportunity to work with some good people. That's mm-hmm. cool. They Present the company right notwithstanding. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mark, I was 6,436. You know so, what? Christopher was Walken was on his list. Listen, no, listen, listen Mark. No, I'm my impersonation was high. Doris. Doris, I got, look, Mark, Mark was like number, he was ranked number 17 out of the 17 people. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you know, then I moved him up because he's my friend. I moved That's him right. up in there and I got his foot in the door and all he needed was a chance because Mark never did play by play. He never did any of that. So he no. was coming, he was coming in like, with no experience whatsoever, but he has a great voice, he has a great presence, and he knows Bulls basketball. So that's a great combination. And once he came in, you know, and I, I directed him a little bit. I was like the I was like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> I was telling him what to do, He's pulling like, the strings. Because you know, Mark, you know, when you first work with somebody, they want to call the game like like you're on the radio, and they want to call yeah. every, Oh, dribble left. Oh, he dri- oh, he's tying his shoe right there. Oh, wait, a minute, he went to go scratch his ass over the corner. No, Mark, you don't need to call everything. You don't need to call everything. Just call. Boy, this is going sideways yeah, in a hurry. I'm Doris, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? In TV, everybody sees everything, so you don't need to call it like radio. So uh, right. I, I'm a big, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Mark really owes me a lot for uh, teaching him how to be <laughs> wow. a good broadcast. Wow. Mark, we, Mark we're going to talk later. We're going to talk out. later. <laughs> Mark, we're going to talk later about this. Shut up. Let, let Doris go so she can yeah. go play with her yeah, grandbaby. We're going to let you. Oh, my God. Let you enjoy your family. We apologize for the show going completely <laughs> off the rails the last few minutes but as it does it was such a joy to get a chance to visit with you for a while continued success in your career enjoy your family with this precious time off that you have and we'll look forward to watching you as the nba season gets to the most important games and on into the playoffs see you soon db thank you thank you for having me guys be well give me the hot sauce doris give me the hot sauce (laughs) the great doris burke our guest on episode 112 